Phil, that was uh, back on the show for the second time, Paul Mueller Ortega. Uh, you know, a lot. we were just chatting before we came on, and uh, some people come on and they're very uh, academic and uh, have studied the sacred texts and know uh, many uh, stories and, and, and writings about spirituality, and other people are practitioners. Paul is really both, but uh, I could imagine in his classes he could go on for semesters uh, with uh, he has a very deep uh, volume of of knowledge, uh, 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 an area I think most people aren't uh, so familiar with. And uh, it was good you had him define some terms, <clears throat> and uh, it gets very specific uh, in in terms of the distinctions between Shakti and 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 Kali and this and that uh, elements of it like that. But very it's always it. very Obviously, practical. Very committed to the practice. Yeah, and always very practical. I mean, yeah. I've. You know, because of my research, I've gotten to know a lot of academics and I know a lot of uh, well-informed spiritual teachers right. who are from a certain lineage and all that. And the overlap between them, between the scholars and the practitioners, the separation has gotten uh, less uh, discreet. In, in my experience, the last 15, 20 years, as um, more and more practitioners go to graduate school and become scholars. Right, right. And more right. and more scholars say, oh, there's more to this than just studying right. the text. Right, and, right. Was, and, 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 and it's more acceptable, more, more commonplace for people yeah. to have spiritual practice. Uh, and... Uh, I, I think in some cases, in, in not so much now, maybe in the academic world, but there was always a fear uh, somebody would come in and teach comparative religions and proselytize about a particular oh, religion. That's, that's and, so, and I still I, I know friends that have taught comparative religions, and sometimes that comes up, uh, those things, or you know, maybe in some cases in some schools, why aren't you promoting this over that, and so on and so forth. So especially uh, when um, the the uh, professor. Um, also has a guru or right. uh, is a practitioner in a certain lineage, in which case the others are suspicious of that person in ways they would never be suspicious of, of like a, a Jew who's an observant Jew uh, teaching uh, religious studies or uh, a devout Christian teaching religious studies. There's something about being linked to what they think of as Hinduism uh, or having, you know, a, a, a guru lineage that makes them more suspect. At least that's, that was the case in the past. It was very clear. Um, and some of them had to sort of um, keep their uh, practice and their um, personal orientation very private. And those who didn't, Often, you know, they could have gotten reprimanded or people might well, have... But do you think now there's out. more flexibility in regard I don't know. It seems to have yeah. be looser now. Right. But I, I, I'm not in that world, but I, right. you know, I, I mingle in it from time to time at a conference <laughs> or among friends. But that's my impression. Yeah. And, and uh, his blue throat uh, yoga... Um, uh, it, it comes directly from this lineage. We talked about it more in our first interviews 
First yes, and we should refer people to that uh, that first interview with Paul. He gets more into only, that only uh, audio, right, but right. yeah, I'm looking at the website now. Blue Throat Yoga. Uh, it, it's a Kashmir Shaivite kind of um, orientation for sure, and uh, it says that the three pillars of Blue Throat Yoga are Nilakanta meditation. We should have asked exactly what that means, uh, although it's probably in our first interview with Paul, and retreats, and I guess now uh, because of COVID, the retreats are probably virtual, have been, and study. And I would think you can't uh, off ask for a better uh, person to supervise your studies in this right. field than Paul. Right. And, and how uh, in India, amongst Vedic scholars, is that tradition, because uh, I would imagine among the average person, maybe not so much, is it, is it something very esoteric and very different from a standard tradition? Is it something that any of the Shankaracharyas would uh, uh, support or endorse, uh, or is it sort of uh, good question? And I don't know the answer, but my impression that it's people, you know, uh, there's more and more awareness of it, more and more regard for it, more and more people uh, studying it and looking into it is uh, at least the one or two people I'm in touch with in India would support that. Would you mention my feeling, on the upswing, right? Yeah, that there's the more awareness of it, more interest in it, more uh, mm -hmm. respect for it and, and, and from academics and from, you know, the world of gurus. And my, my sense of the Shankaracharya tradition, I mean, Shankar has actually spent time in Kashmir. Mm -hmm. And so uh, maybe there's, you know, more overlap between that Shankaracharya Advaita Vedanta and the Ramakrishna Advaita Vedanta. Maybe there's more, you know, of a simpatico relationship than it would appear on the right. surface. I don't, but I don't know enough. Very, very interesting. It, it, all, it also gives you some idea of uh, when one wants to study Hinduism or do Vedic study, uh, the tradition is so rich and so deep and so diversified. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's actually the basis of all Buddhism and Buddhist study. So uh, it, it's great minds for many centuries, millennium. But, you know, thinking and commenting and uh, yeah, so there's a huge depth. Because of uh, you and I spent, were around Maharishi Mahesh Yogi back in the day. Um, we knew people who were in Kashmir with him. Right. When, right. I was just thinking of that and they loved it. And when they went on those teacher training courses, they lived in houseboats. And you yeah, hear great tales. I think Lake, they went I, there when the, when the weather got warmer, they started out in Rishikesh. When it was too hot in Rishikesh. And, uh, we we right. should find maybe uh, Prudence Farrow, somebody that's been on the show before that. Uh, I don't know if she was up there. Maybe uh, I don't think so. Find some folks that were. But I'd people like were. Spend, the world is the way it is. And the place is less accessible. Well, you know, I know for fact, you know, and, and the ice, you say, oh, I'm going to go there too. And I never right. did. Same. But uh, I remember being a fan of Paul Horn, the flautist. Right. And he had an album <clears throat> of Paul Horn and Kashmir that he, he made with Indian musicians. Right. And he was there because Maharishi right. was there. Right. And um, 
and and a couple named John and Denise Hughes were on uh, with Maharishi, and they went up there. And they would all Maharishi would always meet with Swami Lakshmanju, who was the great right. opponent of Kashmir Shaivism. Although I didn't know the term back then when I heard about him, and when I saw pictures of him and Maharishi, and and he would always come and talk to Maharishi's you know devotees and students who were there. And John and Denise became very close to Lakshmanju and, and became sort of the official uh, um, custodians of his uh, lineage. And, you and mentioned Paul Horn, uh, for those that don't, I mean, he, he um, was, uh, we knew through, through TM, a uh, great flautist. And I had him when I had a radio show, I had him on and his wife. And uh, great stories, very spiritual guy. Yeah. A few years ago. Yeah, and, uh, uh, his, I interviewed him he for. Did, uh, he, he did a. He did a. Uh, he did two albums. One he did in the Great Pyramid, and another one. He no, did but the first, the first one was the Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal, yeah. It was called Inside, and it. it uh, I interviewed him because I wanted to tell his story in American Veda, and I did in short form. Yeah. But he he was one of the early TM teachers in the mid sixties. Right, right. There were only like 10 or 12 in the country. I remember a story of Kashmir that he told. He was on a boat in Kashmir at a moon, full moon night in March. He said to him, Paul, can you play silence on your flute? And <laughs> I don't know what he did from there. That's a tough request. But but anyway. Uh, but the story know. of the Taj Mahal is he went to India with a film crew when the Beatles were in Rishikesh mm-hmm. going to make a film. They stopped in the Taj Mahal and they got... Uh, time there when there were no tourists and he took out his flute and a recording instrument and it became this huge bestseller yeah, it was big, big back in and the it day. launched it launched a second career he was a celebrated jazz musician now he was called the father of new age music and he right, would exactly. make these recordings right. in in sacred places like the pyramids and the, and right. the Taj Mahal and he he used to he, I don't think he liked being called the father of New Age music, <laughs> but but um, he wore the title well. And uh, anyway, back to Paul and Cashman. Yeah, Manhattan School of Music, and but in, in, anyway, getting back to yeah. Paul or Mueller Ortega, uh, really a I can't wait guy. to learn Great. more. Yeah. We could. I'd love to have him back on and just go. I mean, we can go way way into this and and uh you know muktananda Muktananda talked he was of all the gurus the most uh immersed in kashmir shaivism and spoke about it a lot and discoursed about it okay kashmir shaivism what is that for for those that are not familiar with it i i'm not so familiar with it what 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 comes out of it is it is it is it shakti practice is it kundalini practice is it uh, all I, I, I would think that's the kind of question you should ask. We should ask Paul no. or other proponents, other students of Kashmir Shaivism. But um, Muktananda used those kind of you know methods that you're talking about, and whether it came from you know some branch of yoga, some branch of Kashmir Shaivism, I don't know enough. But that whole notion of Shakti <clears throat> is definitely you know a Shaivite uh, kind of concept. Right. Anyway, well, uh, don't ask questions I can't answer, Dan. Dennis. It's not. Well, that's hard to believe. I'll, he'll tell me later when we're off the air. Uh, so, so uh, I want to say this. You generally don't say things. 
speak in terms of current events, but we're recording this in March 2022. Uh, what's going on in, in Ukraine is just uh, horrifying the world and uh, making us deeply sad. And, and uh, hopefully uh, our show inspires, and we, I, I can see people from all over the world listen, listen in or watch now, and um, that they get inspired spiritually. I hope so. ultimately, the answer to uh, these world conflicts that may uh, wind up eradicating homo sapiens from the planet uh, uh, is going to be a spiritual answer, not any negotiation or military action or whatever, whatever. And what has to be done has to be done. And, and uh, but at some point, uh, spirituality has to take uh, hold. And it was interesting in, in Maharishi's book, Science of Being an Art of Living, he, he mentioned that there are different types of spirituality or economics or, uh, or uh, different areas of life would dominate philosophy. And, um, but we need to return to spirituality. So many, many, in, in many people we've interviewed are very inspiring. Everybody has inspired some, if not all, and uh, to go to our archives and share them with others. And also, whether you're listening or watching, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to do that. And if you're inspired to contribute, go to spiritmatterstalk.com and, and uh, help keep us on the air and, and our archives open and available and always free to, to all. And uh, it's not we're not a nonprofit. It's not a donation. It's a contribution. But that would be greatly appreciated. And thank you to those out there that have contributed. So many more. Uh, great shows coming up, Phil. Yep. You and we can say this is this is March fifteenth. This show we're we're speaking Lines of March on yep. March fifteenth. It won't be on the uh, web for a few weeks, and we hope that by the time you're listening to right, this right. or seeing us, the war will be over. Right, please. Yes. So we'll let's hope. And All if right. it's not, do anything you can to support. Right. The, the poor people Peace. who are suffering there. Right. Okay. See you next time. Time.